and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Come on. Hey, you can go collect the, the money. Praise the Lord. I've been up here for too long. Hey, I have the pleasure of announcing and introducing our Wow, too early. Our speaker this morning, come on, he hails all the way from, well, I think from here, right? He was in North Dakota for a while. Woo! Colorado, yeah, all the places. He's been out there. Um, he actually is um, a veteran, so when he, when he comes up, would you just give him a, a hand clap of praise? Praise God. I guess that'd be for the Lord. Just give him a hand clap. No praise part. Because um, we want to let him know that we love him and that we honor him. And uh, yeah, Pastor Marcus, everybody, bringing the word. Hey! Shaka Baba. Come on, I love those tongues. Come on, can we just thank Jesus for a few moments? Can we just audibly begin to thank him? There goes my water. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you. Come on, I need some help in this room this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father, for who you are. Jesus, we are happy to be in the room this morning. We are happy to be in your presence this morning. And we are happy that you want to do something in our midst, Lord. So in this moment, we just stir up expectation. We just stir up hunger. I need help in this room. Come on, this is not time to listen. It's time to agree. Lord, we just step into agreement that you have something you want to do in the room. So, Lord, we get out of the way and we say have your way lord and we thank you in jesus name come on is there anybody excited to be in the house of god this morning is there anybody that's excited to be a child of god this morning guys you hear me say this every time i get up here i don't believe we are ever here for just another sunday i never believe that we're here for just three songs and a cute word i believe every time that we gather it's because the lord wants to do something in our midst and anytime we gather he's looking for somebody to pull something down and believe that god is going to change something in our lives and reveal something in our lives i need some help this morning come on now's not the time to be quiet now he's looking for somebody that's going to agree with what he's saying and what he's doing and the revelation and the reminders that he's trying to bring us i believe this morning the lord wants to reveal some things and remind us of some things I had a dream. I had, well, I was awake, so it was a vision. Praise the Lord. I had a vision the other day as I was praying for our church, and the Lord showed me. I was like, I was like in this vision. I opened my eyes, and I was in a hospital room. You know, you're, you know, it's bad when you open your eyes. You're in a hospital. Like, yo, what just happened? God is about to like. I hope you heal me. Whatever it is, right? And every time I opened my eyes, I saw Jesus, and He said, "Do you know who you are?" And every time He was saying, uh, the vision was start over again and start over again. And I heard the Lord say, son, I need you to remind my children because some of us have spiritual amnesia. Come on, where we wake up in the morning and we forget who we are. We forget who our father is. We forget what we've inherited. We forget who we were made in the image of. Come on this morning. We forget who our father is. And he said, remind us, help us to remember, Lord, who we are in light of who you say we are. We've got to go back. Come on, listen. We've got to go back to the word and stop listening to the world. 
Some of us, listen, some of us, your, your theology and your view of God is jacked up because you spend more time on CNN and Fox News and Facebook than on your face and in the book. And somebody help me this morning. And we need to get back to the word because the word tells us who we are. Stop looking at every other source in the world to try to find identity. We're not teenagers. Well, some of y'all are teenagers. We're not teenagers anymore looking for our identity in our friends. You want me to use that one? Praise the Lord. Come on. Let's make it a hot transfer. Ba ba ba. Shababa. Come on, y'all felt the glory there. Listen, we're not little teenagers anymore that need to be around certain friends to find out who we are. We should know who we are at this point of life. You ever been around somebody that just they don't care what you think because they know who they are? Like they stop dressing cool. I'm like I'm getting near that stage. Like if my wife does not dress me, I promise you guys are gonna think I'm just the, the bummiest bum in the world. Like I'm I'm just not caring anymore, right? Because once you know who you are, you don't care what others think about you. The only person I care about that thinks about me is the Lord. I'm not saying Lord, what does the person at Win Dixie say? I'm saying what does the Lord on the throne have to say? First John chapter three. Let me get into the word. Praise the Lord. We should read the Bible, right? First John chapter three. I'm going to give you guys a bunch of verses today, but this is just one of them. You can go to it if you want to. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. I know we've got a lot of occupations in the room this morning. I know we've got a lot of different lifestyles. But let me tell you, before you're a father, you're a son. Come on, before you're a mother, you're a daughter. Before you're a stay-at-home mom, before you work at the bank, before you do all of that other stuff, you are a child of God. And the problem is we are living lives where we identify ourselves by what we do than what he did for us. Come on. And we've got to get back to the root of who he says we are. He says you are a child. He doesn't care if you're a mister or a missus or a doctor or a prophet or an evangelist or an apostle or a teacher or whatever. He doesn't care about your five-fold gift. He doesn't care about where you get your paycheck from. Come on. He's saying, are you going to receive what I say about you before they say something about you? And he's looking at the world. He said, I need you to remember. I need you to remember what I said. I need you to remember what I called you. Because here's the thing. We're not called to walk in all this crazy stuff before we walk in sonship. Because here's the problem. If we're not careful, we will pursue purpose before we pursue a person. Come on. And we're, oh, well, I'm called to do this. And God wants me to go here. He wants me to do all this stuff. And it's like, how do you even know? You don't know who he is. You don't know who you are. We need to fester our relationship, cultivate our relationship with the Lord before we go deciding what he wants us to do. Let me tell you, before he wants you to do, he wants you to be. Before he wants you to do something, he wants you to be someone. Can I tell you, if you never achieve your purpose in life, he's still delighted with you? Before you, uh, before you ever achieve that great thing that you believe, oh, well, God's called me to do this, blah, blah, blah. If you were to die today, he's still delighted with you? Come on, God's not going to bring you to heaven and say, well, I had a little bit more in store for you, but, you know, I guess I'll just let you in because I'm just in a good mood today. No, he wants you for you. He created you as you because he wants you for, I need some help this morning, my Lord, because he wants you for you. You've got to understand this, that it's more than just saying, I want to be something. What does it matter if you be something and you're not connected to the one that created you to be the something? You are, Ephesians 1 says this, that we were predestined. I believe it's around verse 14. We were predestined into adoption. Come on. 
and to adoption as the sons and daughters of God. I'm kind of paraphrasing there. You can find it in Ephesians 1. Praise the Lord. Uh, we are adopted, predestined. Do you know what that means? Before you were born, you were destined to be his. You were destined to be his before you were born. That means before you ever made a mistake. I know this isn't super revelatory, but I need y'all to agree with the simple gospel again. Before you did anything wrong or right, he loved you. Listen, First John 3 says this. What manner of love that he bestowed on us. Do you know what bestowed means? It means to one-sided gift somebody something they don't deserve. I'm going to say it again. Something they don't deserve. He gave it when we didn't deserve it, when we couldn't earn it. Is that not the simple gospel message? That while we were dead in our sin, Christ died for us. That he saw us, he loved us, and he pursued us. When we couldn't make the gap, when we couldn't sow enough seed, when we couldn't slaughter enough goats. Praise the Lord, I wasn't born in the Old Testament. I'm not trying to slaughter nothing. Praise the Lord. I ain't got time for it, but I thank God for Jesus. But before we did all of that, before we fell... Before the, uh, the whole, oh, you fall short of the glory. Yes, we fall short of the glory. So the glory came to us in the form of a man named Jesus. And that man died on the cross. This gospel is still true. Come on, this gospel is still true. So before you go about talking about, oh, well, I've done this. And I just don't know if God can accept. But you were predestined into the adoption. Come on. That means you couldn't get there yourself. That you couldn't, this is a beautiful thing about adopted families and those that adopt people is the parents had a choice. Come on, can we talk about this for a minute? The beautiful thing about families with adopted children is that the parents had a choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, my son, my son MJ, one day he looked at me, he said, man, dad, I think I'm adopted. God, I, this is a joke, okay? Let me just preface it as a joke. My son looked at me one day and said, but, you know, I think, you're, I think I'm adopted. I said, son, you're not adopted. I wouldn't choose you. It's a joke. It's a joke. No, I looked at him and said, you're not adopted. Praise the Lord. Don't slaughter me for that. It's a joke. The point I'm trying to make is this. I don't know the process of adopting a child. I know it's long. I know it costs money, and there's a whole bunch of craziness. But I know this. At some point, the father and the mother look down at the children, and they love them. And they said, this kid has nothing to give me. I just love them. And they deserve to be engrafted into a family. I saw them and I loved them. Well, I made so many mistakes. Jesus saw you and he loved you. Well, I fell so many times. Uh, Jesus saw you and he loved you. Well, I'm divorced, Marcus. Jesus saw you and he loved you. Well, I did this and I don't listen. I don't care about your rap sheet. Your name is written in the book of life. If you will receive him. John chapter 1 says, if you receive him. Come on, you will be given the right to become a child of God. He has paved the way. He's done everything that there is for you to receive him and who he is and enter into sonship. Sonship isn't about a gender. It's about the plan of God for your life to enter into covenant relationship. Is this helping anybody this morning? Here's the problem with sonship. A lot of times we go, I call, I call it cycles of sonship. You know what a cycle of sonship is? A cycle of son, I, I see it so often in the body of Christ and Christians where we go through these cycles where we know who we are and we're full of faith, right? We pray and things happen, favors on our life, God's doing something, we're full of fire, we're full of zeal, God's on the move, we're just praying for everybody, we're always joyful, and then something happens, right? 
and we begin to look at God differently because of something that happened to us. And then we go from operating in sonship to operating in an orphan spirit. A spirit that says that there's not a God that's good. Nobody is good. Nobody wants to receive me. Nobody has anything for me. I'm just off alone on my own. And you build up this bitterness. You build up this hopelessness. You build up this despair because you don't believe that there's anything out there good for you, let alone someone out there good for you. And then what happens is God delivers you. He sets you free. You get back on fire again. Come on, let's be real. You ain't got to raise your hand. But how many of you can testify that I've been through that cycle before? I've been through the cycle where I'm on fire and I love the Lord with everything in me and then there's like a year straight was like God you don't love me you're not even real I'm just going to church because if I don't they're going to call me hey. it's these cycles that we go through and you need to praise God that there's somebody that will call you because if they didn't then maybe you'll be worse off than you are these cycles that we go through how do we go from knowing who we are to not knowing like something changed come on what God spoke over us didn't change. The situation might have changed. You might have had to move into a different house. You may have lost somebody. You may have lost something. But God has not changed. Here is the problem with Christianity sometimes. We think it's all butterflies and roses and cupcakes and donuts and happy birthday songs and candles. And the moment something goes wrong, we say God's not good. He must not be there. All these different things. And what we do is we begin to sever our relationship with the Father because we don't get what we want. Can I say something? I'm going to say it. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I think as Christians, we're just spoiled especially in america right like oh i've got the house with the white picket fence i've got this that and the third i've got the great job i've got the benefits i got the car that i always wanted all this stuff the moment the car stops working oh god doesn't love me because your car like what are we like i'm saying like what are we thinking we are so caught up in carnal worldly things we are so addicted to the things of the world watch this that if the world around us isn't in order the way we want we neglect god but maybe we forgot that first john also says he that is a friend with the world is an enemy of god i'm not here to make friends in this world let me let me rephrase that good lord y'all gonna get mad at me i'm not here to build a permanent residence the bible says that we are citizens of heaven this is a listen you know the bible says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth right a new heaven and a new earth what's that mean i, I pray praise god that he gave you the nice house guess what it ain't gonna be there in the new earth Praise God that he gave you the white picket fence and the great job. All that stuff is dust. All that stuff will fade away. It will fall away. All these things will fade. What does it say? But the word of the Lord will endure forever. So if he said something to you, if he spoke something over you, no matter what happens, it still has to be in your favor. Because what? He said it, it has to be done. Somebody ought to give Jesus some praise this morning. We need to know who we are. I used to watch these, um, like, the criminal shows, you know, so like the first 48 and all those other weird shows. And something that they talked about in one episode, it was a while ago. I didn't even, like, look it up. I just, I'm going off memory, so please help me, Lord. Um, I was watching one episode of one of these shows, and it was talking about people that fake their deaths, right? Like, people that fake their Has anybody ever heard of that? I forget. There's, like, a long actual term for it. I'm not that smart. I went to Bible college now. Real, never mind. But there's this thing where people will fake their own death. 
So the point is uh, to faking their own death. This is why they do it. They don't really want to die. They just want a new identity. They don't really want to die. They just want something new. The pressures of the world have overtaken them. They've got too much debt. They're just running away from the law. They're running away from gang people. Whatever it is, like, there's something going on in their life where they want a new identity. They don't want to really die. They just want a new start. They want a new identity. They want something to happen. They want a clean slate. Anybody ever wanted a clean slate before? Like, uh, I wish I could just, I know some of y'all have thought this way. I wish I could just move to Alaska and no, have no problems. And I'm just tired of society and citizenship. I'm tired of paying bills. Like, we've all been there before, right? But there's the thing about faking your own death. There's a, oh, there's a price tag to the death that you want. So what these people will do is it says that, I forget the statistic, most fake, like, uh, death fakings uh, end up falling through. So they find the person or whatever. And this is the reason why. Because it costs too much. Marcus, what in the world do you mean by that? If you live in America, you want to fake your own death and move to another country per se. It's going to cost you in the six figures to create a new identity. New documents, new paperwork to get you to a new location. All these different things. And then you're going to have to move over and over again because in the technology world, things don't really die, do they? Paperwork ain't the way it used to be when it used to be in Bob's old file case and nobody's going to look at it anymore. You were followed forever on the internet. All you Facebook lovers, praise the Lord. You get mad that you don't want the government to listen to you on the phone to watch you on Facebook. Anyway, let me stop. <laughs> I'm just joking, guys, so, sort of. Anyway, it costs so much money. It costs so much that people can't afford the new life that they want. So they go to this man and they try to bargain with them. Well, you can have the house. You can have this. But the problem is they're trying to give away things that don't really belong to them. And they get stuck in this place where they want to die. They want to have a new identity, but they don't know where to go. And there's a world I'm looking at right now that wants a new life. They want a new identity. They want a clean slate, but they don't know where to go. Maybe if the church will remember who they are and can reach out to the world and say you want a new life I know just the man for you uh, you want a new identity I know just the man for you what does 2 Corinthians 5.17 say listen all things are, are old behold all things are new pray to Lord jack that scripture up 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says this like let me just stop let me praise the Lord I just twisted my tongue all up you guys know the verse so I'm going to go to it anyway Golly. Here we go. Uh, 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we need to remember this. All things have become new. All things have been washed away from the past. God isn't looking at your past and saying, well, remember this. Some of y'all grudgy parents know what I'm talking about. Because every time your kid does something, well, remember you did that this time and this time and this time. And you just bring up the past every time they have something new in their life. And like, listen, when are we going to get over that? When are we going to move past that? I, oh, my God. Like, when are we going to stop bringing up old things as if God's going to, like, we bring up old things to God so much. It's like we want him to change his mind about us. We bring old things up so much. Well, God, you can't do this in my life because remember I used to do this. And remember I used to do this. And remember I used to do this. And God saying, do you not remember what I did with all that stuff? I threw it in the sea of forgetfulness, not the river of remembrance. I'm not remembering the things that you're remembering. I've moved past that. It's time for us to move past all the things in the past. Oh, I need some help this morning. It's time for us to move past the things in the past and step into what God is saying about us in this moment right now is there anybody that can help me this morning
the more you look, watch this, the more you hold on to the past, the less, you arm, the less arm space you have to receive what God is doing now, right? The more you hold on to the things of the past, the less time you have to hold on to what he's doing and what he's saying over your life. Maybe you've been stuck in this rut for five years because you're holding on to things you shouldn't be holding on to. Maybe you've been stuck in this rut for 20 years because you've been receiving everything that people speak over you and you've been denying everything that the Lord says over you. Here's the problem. So many people get discouraged because this, watch this. I've found that in my life, most of the times that I'm the most discouraged is not when the enemy is speaking over me and I come into agreement with it. It's when I'm speaking death over me and the enemy comes into agreement with what I say. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, the enemy's just attacking me. It's spiritual warfare. First and foremost, spiritual warfare isn't only when the enemy attacks you. We're called to push back the gates of hell. That's another, another story, another day. But sometimes we speak death over ourselves. How could God ever love me? And guess what the enemy does? Yeah, you're right about that. Can I tell you, the devil is very good at amening your death statements. The de I will tell you, I'm, I'm being so serious, guys. There's this one time I was just speaking death over myself. I was just saying how much I didn't lie. I'm, I'm not called. Nobody loves me. All this stuff. Watch this. I literally heard the audible voice of the enemy say, yeah, that's right. It got weird there. Oh, gosh, does he really talk like that? Hey, it happened. And I realized that I had been speaking so much death over myself that it wasn't the enemy that made me feel like I wasn't saved. It wasn't life. It was me. Come on. So maybe some of us are dealing with what? I'm not going to go too deep into this. Maybe some of us have word curses over our own life that we've spoken over ourselves that we need to break today. Maybe we need to break some agreements with what we've said and allow the enemy to come into agreement with, right? When something comes, when somebody comes into agreement, that thing has to be established. So you got to understand when you speak it, because you, oh my God, when you speak in faith and you really believe, watch this. Some of us have more faith to believe the death that we speak over ourselves than the life that Jesus speaks over us. Like you can feel the difference. Like, oh, I know, I know I'm not this. I'm not this. I'm not this. I'm just low. I'm always going to be poor. Nobody, all these things. You can feel the faith when people say it. And the enemy comes in. He's like, I can, I can grab onto that faith. And the Lord is looking for somebody to say, no, I remember what the Lord said about me. That I'm a new creation. That I am a royal priesthood. That I am a holy nation. That I am his beloved. Come on, somebody. Some of us need to get like John and say, I'm the one that he loves. I don't know about you. Like, you cool. He won't let you into heaven, but I'm the one that he actually loves. Come on, somebody. And we need to get our confidence back. Because what happens is God said, oh, I can agree with that. I found a person full of faith. So I'm, watch this. They don't have to come to me. I'm going to come to them, and I'm going to agree with what they are saying over their own lives. Some of us need to break the word curses that we've spoken over ourselves and come into agreement with what the word says. And when we come into agreement with what the word says, the word of God will come into agreement with us because Jesus in Revelation 19 is the word of God. Oh my God. You see what happens when you begin to, the word will back you up. The word endures forever. Jesus is called the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Why am I holding my Bible like this? Praise the Lord. In the beginning was the word of God and the word was with God. The word was God. Revelation 19, he is called faithful and true and he's called the word of God. What does that mean? When you speak the word of God over yourself, Jesus himself comes into agreement with you. Do you know what it's like to have Jesus? Like, I, I thank God for some, like, you ever had, like, you ever been in an argument 
and you're just waiting for the right person to come along to agree with you so that you can like turn the tides in the argument right like there's times when I'm like arguing with somebody I'm like I need so-and-so to come I'll give you an example where's Pastor Kenny hey Pastor Kenny I love Pastor Kenny Pastor Kenny loves to talk smack about basketball right he loves to tell everybody in the room, oh, Marcus got blocked. Marcus this. He got crossed over. It's true. It's fact. Like, these are factual statements. Marcus did that. And he just be laughing it up. And I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for the right person to come along so that they can just say, you are a liar. I was about to call you devil, but you're not a devil. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, oh, where is Anthony at? Because Anthony's always there. Where's Anthony at? Anthony, tell him, no, that ain't happening, man. It's like, I'm just waiting for the right person to come along. This is what happens when you get into the word. You say, I'm going to speak the word, and I'm waiting for the right person, oh, my gosh, to come along and step into agreement with me. Because, listen, when you and Jesus agree, you know how much room that leads to the devil? None. It leaves no room for the devil. You got to understand your identity. You got to understand who you are. Because here's what happens when you begin to speak the word over yourself. All that stuff starts to fall off. It's like, it's like wax. It's like wax when you speak the word over yourself. And it just, all this stuff begins to fall off. You need to literally, listen, here's the thing about the word. When you speak this word over yourself, everything that does not comply to this word has to go away. Everything that does not comply with what the Lord says about you has to fall by the wayside. This is why our words are so important. This is why James talks about the rudder, because your tongue will steer the entire ship. Praise the Lord. We've got to understand when we come into agreement, things begin to fall off of us. This is why you go, watch this. This is why you go back and forth in those cycles of sonship, because you go from one agreement to the next. This is real, like, I want you guys to understand, this is not mythical stuff. This is Bible. When you come into agreement with the word or the enemy, something is really established. This is why when you speak things over yourself, you can feel the change in the atmosphere. So when you understand who you are, you begin to speak identity. And you know, you, there's levels of authority that you can walk in as a child of God that you cannot walk in as a child of the world. There's just levels to this. I was watch, there's a show that I watch. And this little kid, some of you may know the show when I share this. This little kid, he walks into this uh, part of the office. And he looks at this grown man and he says, you're fired. And the, and the man's like, yo, what are you talking about? You're a kid. He said, my dad owns this whole thing. And whatever is his belongs to me. Get out. <laughs> He's like pranking the dude. It's hilarious. But can, can we learn something from that? Like my father owns everything. Come on. The heavens is his seat. The earth is his footstool. He owns the whole thing. So when I speak something, it has to walk in power and authority and jurisdiction. What is that? It's the level of ground and the playing field in which you are allowed to rule and reign. So guess what? This is why the word says keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm keeping in step with him, anywhere that I go, he's with me and I have rule. I have reign. I have dominion. Why? Because my father owns all of this. My God. Come on, that'll set somebody free right there. You're not, you're not born to play hide and seek with the devil. Some of us have been, some of us live our lives hiding from the devil because we're afraid of what he's going to do to us. Do you realize this? While we're being afraid, it's, it's like this. Have you ever seen a little kid afraid of a bug? And they're screaming and they're crying. Some of you are like, well, I did that yesterday to the spider. Praise the Lord. That wolf spider will get you guys when it starts raining. Praise the Lord. And you see the bug and the kid is screaming and it's crying. I'm about to call my daughter out. My little daughter, Bella. She gets freaked. She, she used to get freaked out when she sees bugs, right? 
uh, she started screaming. I said, baby, the bug is more afraid of you than you are of it. And I said, if you just stomp it, it's going to die. So she stomped the bug, and she starts laughing, and she's also looking for more bugs to stomp out. Some of us need to take a lesson from my little crazy daughter and realize the enemy is more afraid of you than you are afraid of the enemy. And if you will walk in power and authority, can I tell you, demons will bow when you speak the name of Jesus, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, when you walk in alignment with his word. Come on. That's when you start to walk in a new thing and you say, I wish a demon would try me today. Come on. I, w- I wish, I wish a demon would act up today. My boy Ryan says it like this when you pre- I hope some of y'all manifest so I can stomp a demon out today. Like when you get in this attitude, you understand. Like they are runts. You know what the book of Isaiah says? It says in the last day, we're going to look at the devil and we're going to say, is this the one that made the nations a tremble? This little guy? Some of you guys are getting beat up by a small, like a midget in the kingdom when you are called to walk in heavenly places. Listen, the devil doesn't have a foothold against you. You have a foothold against the devil. Come on. Do you guys understand who you are? I need, I need verbal confirmation. Do you understand? Like, do you really get this? Do you really understand what he says about you? Do you understand that when you get saved, you are full of the Holy Spirit? Come on. It says the Spirit hovered over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and the Holy Spirit started moving. That Spirit is in you right now. It's not a, it's not a metaphor. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means, watch this, the Spirit is in the house. We are the house, and Holy Spirit runs the show here. Come on. He's not renting from us. The Bible says we've been bought with a price. We've been bought with the price. So submit your bodies, honor your bodies, treat it like a temple. Why? Because Holy Spirit is here. When he's here, it doesn't matter what's out there. Some of you, some of you live in these houses where you can feel the presence of the enemy. When he's in here, it doesn't matter what's out there. And our job is, I don't know why I'm going here, our job as a body of Christ, as believers, is to release the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever we are. Listen, I don't go into places hoping that demons will leave before I get there and, oh man, I'm going to feel spooky if if there's a presence there. No, I walk in because I say, oh, I can't wait till these stupid demons leave. I was doing the deliverance. I just, this is so random. I feel the Lord. I I was doing this deliverance once. And I went to this house, and we were praying over this family. And said, oh, we've got demons in here. Stuff is shaking. Stuff is moving. So we start to pray. We start to command the, the, the enemy to leave. We start to command the place to be a holy ground. We start to do all the fun Bible stuff, right? Like deliverance is fun. Some of y'all are scared, but it's fun, I promise. And watch this. I watched this door. It was down, a, like, the, 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 the house had, like, a long, like, hallway type of thing. So, like, no wind could get into the hallway. And there was no wind in the room. And the moment we began to declare the place is holy ground, and the, watch this, the children's of God's living quarters, I watched the front door open, and a wind flew out the room, out the entire house. This isn't mythical stuff, guys. This is actual facts. These things really happen. When you speak the name of, what does it say? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen, it doesn't say wrestle with the devil. Listen to me. It doesn't say wrestle with the devil. It says resist him. How do you resist the devil? You submit to God. Some of us, watch this. Some of us are trying to resist him without submitting to God, and we end up wrestling. You end up wrestling with a demon for years when you won't submit to God. 
When you won't submit to who he says you are, who you're called to be, what his word says over your life, you end up wrestling a thing you have no power and authority of because you can't live in the power of God and disobedience at the same time. So if you're wondering why there's things, I like to call them stubborn demons. Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm going here, but I feel this is the Lord. If you're wondering why there's these demonic forces in your life, and, well, okay, this is the, I feel depressed, but I don't have a reason to be, or whatever it is. I feel anxiety, but I don't have any reason to be. And you can tell us a demonic spirit. You have to ask yourself, at what point in my life, at what point in my walk, did I step from under the will of the Lord and the word of the Lord and started living under my own rule and domain? You know what happens when you live as a child of yourself and not of God? You're on your own. You're on your own. You, you, you want to, like when you, when you decide I'm going to do things my way, then guess what? You determine what happens and you're responsible for it. That's the great thing about being a child. You ain't responsible for nothing. Any of you guys miss being a kid like, man, I miss the day when I could just wake up, eat some food, watch some cartoons, go play football with my friends. Is it just me? Because you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. I miss those days. Like, pray. I love my family, but four kids is a lot of people to feed. Praise the Lord. When you are a child, you're respons- the responsibility over your life is held in the arms of the Father. This is why, watch this. This is why when a child gets in trouble at school, they call the parent. This is why when a child gets caught shoplifting at the mall, they bring them to the parent. This is, watch this. This is why when a child does something good, they call the parent to brag on them. Why? Because everything that they do is in the father's hands. You got to understand, everything that you're dealing with, everything that you're going through, everything that you're suffering from, if you lay it all in the father's hands and let your hands off of it, we love to say it all the time in church, let go and let God, right? Then you will see a change and a shift and the things happening in in your life there's a real trans oh there's a transaction that takes place when you get saved you no longer become your responsibility and you no longer become the devil's plaything you become a precious treasured gem and child of God and God is a good father he will not leave you or forsake you he will give you good gifts he will shelter oh this is a good place to say amen he will shelter you he will cover you he will protect you he will lead you he will guide you he's a, he will heal you he will change oh i need some help listen this is let me just say this real quick the reason why i say that kind of stuff is i'm not looking for cheers there's something that happens again when you come into agreement with the word you know what the word amen means it means let it be so when we say amen we're saying let it be i'm not asking you to pull on me i'm asking you to pull on the word and receive what the lord wants to do in your life as a child you're given inheritance come on somebody say inheritance here's a great thing about inheritance it's more than you could ask for. Here's a bad thing about inheritance. It's more than you could ask for. What do I mean by that? There's so much stuff that comes with being a child of God that we can get caught up in the wrong things. Right? We can get caught up in the wrong things. Revelation is amazing, right? It talks about in, in chapter 21, in those days there will be no more crying. There will be no more weeping. That, watch this. In Revelation 21 it says, there will no longer be a son because the son will be the son. My God, that, that, you'll get that on the ride home. Like all these, there's going to be rivers of life. There's going to be gold streets. We're going to dwell with the lamb forever and ever. Uh, all these amazing things, like all these great things. Oh, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive power. You receive revelation. Oh, you receive, oh, watch this. I love this part. Oh, when you get saved, you get all these gifts. So now you can show off and brag to your friends that you hear from the Lord. That stuff does not matter. 
There's, it's great. We love it. Praise the Lord that he uses the gifts. Praise the Lord that he wants to bless us. Praise the Lord for prosperity. I'm not saying any of these things are bad. I'm saying they are a byproduct of the true thing that we inherit. Do you know what your inheritance is? Do you know what you receive when you get saved? Do you know what you receive as a child of God? Psalm 16, Psalm 16 says this. Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance. Can I read that to you again? Psalm 16, you are the portion of my inheritance. Guess what? You get all that cool, goofy stuff when you get saved, but he is your reward. He is the reason. He is the reward. He is the goal. I don't care about all the other stuff. What does the parable of the great pearl say? He went and sold everything to possess the one thing. Come on, you got, if you're from this church, you've heard us say this before. We are a one thing church. We are a one thing church. David said, there's one thing I desire. Come on, there's one thing that I wish for, that I dwell in the house of the Lord, inquire in his temple. What's he saying? I want to be in the presence. I want him. Maybe our life is so unfulfilled because we want everything but him, but we want the stuff he gives. Some of us are, oh, watch this. Some of us are waiting until God gives us a thing we want to get serious with him. Well, God, when you heal my back, I'll start getting serious. I'm all about healing. Seen plenty of people healed. What if he doesn't do it? Some of us need to seriously ask that question because some of us are in this room and we've sold the Lord. There are, if you don't do this, then this is as far as this relationship goes. You know what that's called? <laughs> Manipulation. Some of us are trying to manipulate the Messiah. And guess what? His arms are a lot stronger than yours, so it's not going to work. Stop trying to bend his arm to your will. Evan Roberts, before the, the, um, the, the Welsh revival, was it Welsh? Okay. <laughs> he said, bend me, oh God. Bend me. What was he saying? Move me and form me in any way you need to so that your will can be accomplished in my life. I'm not going to try to watch this. I'm not going to try to bend the words to fit my agenda. This is where you hear about the people in the book of Timothy that says, yeah, they've got itching ears and they're raising up teachers that will tell them whatever they want to hear because they're not in love with God. They're in love with the God they want him to look like. And what happens is you watch this. You can be a child of the golden calf or you can be a child of God. And what happens is when they went in, in um, Exodus, when, when Moses goes up, he's saying, show me, your, like he's having a personal revival. Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. They're down here building calves and Aaron's just letting it happen. He has no backbone, no spine is another word for another day. But the word says, we're going to call him God. They weren't trying to build another God. They were trying to build God in the same, watch this. They were trying to build the real God in an image they could relate to. And, and what they didn't realize is when you do, watch this, when you do that, when you make a God out of a thing that is not really God, you subject yourself to whatever demon attaches itself to it. You subject yourself, watch this, to whatever the world attaches to it. So what, you, you don't make, you don't make a golden calf your, jo uh, your, your God. You make your job your God. So guess what? Your life is determined by your boss. Y'all aren't going to like this. Some of us haven't been on fire since we started that job that requires overtime. Some of us haven't been on fire since we got that promotion. Some of what you think is a blessing and you don't realize it's taking you further and further away from God. It's a curse. 
And we've allowed things in our life to take us out of our sonship. And we've become sons of other things. Come on. We've become sons of, and daughters of other things. And we've given our lives to other things. And we wonder why there's no protection or covering over us. It's because those things can't do it. They can't do it. Your inheritance is the Lord. Covington, you can come on up, bro. Your inheritance is the Lord. If he is, watch this. If he's not enough, there will never be anything else that will be. I've heard somebody say it like this. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. It's either one or the other. We got to hear this. If he's Lord, if we, if we submit ourselves as his children, all these great things I've talked about, all, we're going to, listen, there's blessings in store for you. There's great things God wants. Let me just tell you this. When I got saved, God just do a little, like a little dashing on me getting saved. Out from the age of 13 to 23, when I got saved, I used to have chronic headaches every single day for 10 years. The moment I got saved, there was a radical Paul to saw the Paul transformation. I never had another daily headache. Like, he just will throw little gifts and blessings on you. I'm not here to say that he's not going to bless you. I'm here to say the blesser is better than the blessings. He is the inheritance. There's a lot of great things my wife does. I could go down the list all day. She is my reward. If she doesn't, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> if she doesn't do anything on the quote unquote list, it doesn't change my view of her. We need to subject ourselves and say, God, I, I, I desire you for you. Watch this. Because you desired me for me. Come on, let's stand up to our feet. Because you've desired me for me. I'll desire you for you. Can we just take a moment and just start to pray? Wherever you are, you can lift your hands, whatever you want to do. Let's just let the Lord start to speak to us in our own personal way. I really feel like the Lord wants to release identity this morning. That he wants some of us to, to, to understand the identity that he gives us. And for some of us, he wants to remind us. He wants to remind us of who we are. And he wants to sever and break some agreements. He want, I feel the Lord saying that I'm going to bring to light some of the things you've spoken over yourself. And we're going to break those and we're going to establish new words over you. Some of you have been saying, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. And we just break that now, and we say you're more than a conqueror. Some of you say, I'm just not, I just don't feel worthy of it. I don't feel worthy to be loved by God. We just speak over you. Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy he was talking about? Us. Jesus, would you just begin to just stir up a new hope within us today? Would you just begin to stir up, stir up identity? Help us to see the things that we've spoken over ourselves. Help us to see the things that we've done. Come on, in this moment, just ask the Lord. Lord, just show me the things I've spoken over myself. Some of us, were good. Lord, remind me again. Tell me again, Lord. Say it again. Jesus, Lord, in this moment, would you just open our eyes to who we are in light of you. Open our eyes to what you say about us. Open our ears to what you speak over us.
we're going to take a we're going to take a moment here. We're going to pray over some people. But, we're, but I'm asking the Lord right now, even before we even ask people to come up, Lord, show it to us. And this is what we're going to do. I, I feel this strong. Pastor Tyler, want to come up here and help? I know you're probably going to say something. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to speak life over you and speak new things over you and speak good things over you. Yeah, go ahead and have prophetic company come up. If you would just guys come up and help me pray. Go ahead, head to the front, prophetic company. Thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, during worship today, the Lord spoke this to me, and um, and then Tyler got up, and then I was like, okay, maybe it was just kind of for me, or maybe just not the time, but um, he was really impressing on my heart to share it now. And um, he wanted me to say that that he is not a for forgetful God. And in that meaning, he doesn't forget um what he spoke over you. He doesn't forget your dreams, your, your, the visions that he um, has set over you, basically. And uh, you gotta forgive me because I'm just like, the spirit is just, it's intense right now. It's really like the Lord just wants me to share that he hasn't forgotten you. You're not forgotten. Your dreams are not forgotten. What he spoke over to you long, long ago, what was prophesied over to you, it's not forgotten. He remembers it, and I just feel like he wants to bring that to remembrance to many of you today. He wants you to remember what he said over you. He wants you to remember the call. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. He still has a plan and a purpose for you. So if if that is you today, I'd like to pray with you. Prophetic Company can pray with you. You're not forgotten. And just hold on to those dreams. It could even be 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. But the Lord hasn't forgotten. And he's asking you not to forget because he hasn't forgotten you. Yeah, I had the word that he who formed you in your mother's womb. Like he knows you better than you know yourself. He literally placed your organs and your bones and your DNA where it needs to go. He intimately formed you. He knows you better than you know yourself. The prophetic word that you got 15 years ago, he still remembers it even if you don't. And he wants to redeposit things this morning. Man, what Marcus was saying was so good. The Lord is going to reestablish identity over his people this morning like you've been weary and tired and he wants to reestablish those things so any other prophetic company hasn't come up yet just go ahead and head to the front and um i want to open it up for anybody who feels like they just need a reestablishment of their identity or you've forgotten who you are if you would just come forward right now i feel like the lord wants to do something in you he wants to do something in you So we're going to take the next few moments and pray. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray corporately over us and then I'll join everybody on the ground. But <sighs> Jesus, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us in this moment? And in revealing yourself, would you reveal who you say that we are? Lord, from, from the person that doesn't know you, to the person that's been saved and the most confident in Christ that there is, would you just begin to speak life over us? Come on, even if even if you feel like you know who you are, but just, I just need life over me. 
I've had a rough week. Whatever it is, I just feel like the Lord's just breathing on people right now. He's just breathing on people right now. So if that's you, come on, we just want to open up again. Just come on up and let us pray for you. Let us speak life over you. So watch this. Some of us will let our job and our family and the people around us speak death over us all week. And then we get into a place with people that love us and we won't let them speak life. We'll, we'll run, watch, we'll run in and out of church before anybody can talk to us. But we'll work extra and we'll go above and beyond for people that only speak negative things about us. So if you need life, just come on up here.